Good morning and welcome. I thought I'd give a welcome this morning. We kind of got things a little bit different this morning. Um, the Florida Prison Ministry is here this morning. Gary Wider is here. Uh, Gary just led the class here a little while ago. But Christopher Carter will be speaking uh, during, the, uh, during the sermon time. And I know Gary's going to introduce him in a little while. My understanding is Christopher will be Gary's replacement, which is very strange because uh, they're synonymous, synonymous, Gary Wider and the Florida Prison Ministry. Uh, so anyway, um, for our visitors, something else I was going to tell you, we've been doing communion with these little Ziploc bags. It comes with a little thing and a little juice in there. It's better than the styrofoam and the uh, tainted juice that usually comes in the little cups. Uh, so we kind of pack our own. But those are available in the foyer uh, for during Lord's Supper, if you didn't get one. That's about it, isn't it? Um, it started off with a prayer. Dear Lord, we're thankful for your love. We're thankful for your mercy. We know that we've chosen paths in our lives that walked away from you, but we know that you're there and you always want us back. That's the story we see throughout the New Testament that you want us back. Father, we're thankful for your son who died on our behalf. His blood has uh, washed away our sins. We've, we've received that through baptism, uh, allows the newness of life to put away the shame and the guilt of yesterday and the ability to share that good message, that message of good news, to share that far and wide because uh, it'll change everything. Father, we ask for your blessings on uh, the work of the prison ministry. We ask for your blessings here in Titusville and uh, ask for your blessings on each one of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Also, um, Lex and Edith are not here this morning because we understand that Lex Jr. has taken a turn for the worse. So let's remember them in our prayers. I know that's been a that's been a tough road for them to to deal with. And uh, but hey, Lex Jr. was baptized, became a Christian not too long ago, so we know where he's going. So let us uh, begin this morning to, with two ninety six. We have come into his house. We...
Let's pray. Father God, we come before you, Lord. Um, first and foremost, we come before you with a heavy heart just for the pierces. We love them so much. And uh, Lord, we know they're going through a tough time um, with Lex Jr. And Father, we just pray that uh, you make everything as comfortable as possible, as easy as possible. Father, we pray that um, the family stays strong through all of this. Um, and Father, we're grateful that even towards the end of his life, Lord, that Lex Jr. found you, that he put you on in baptism, Father, that he said his sins washed away and he's part of the family and we know where he's going. So, Father, right now, again, we just pray for the Pierces and everything that they're going through this morning, and uh, we definitely are thinking about them. Father, we're uh, grateful for Gary and the fact that he's here today, and Lord, we've seen the works of his ministry um, for years, and uh, we're always excited when he's here because we see not only that he is preaching the word and and, and bringing the gospel, the good news to, to people who are really at, a, at that time in life and not in a great place, Lord. And, and, and the discipleship that we see that he's done through the years, is, it's really a blessing, God. And we're grateful for our brother Gary and, and for the brothers that are always connected with him and, and, and just the powerful ministry that they're doing in the prisons in Florida. Lord, we really are grateful that they're here today. And we hope that they know that we love them, and, and, I, and I pray that we're an encouragement to them as well. Father, as uh, we're thinking about Gary, too, we want to pray for all of our missionaries. Lord, it's crazy time in life, crazy time in the world, and it's not making anything easy for anybody. Lord, we just pray that your word is still being spread, that, uh, that Satan's not getting in the way of what your kingdom is doing, that your will is still being done. Father, um, we're grateful for this time where we can come and worship you, Lord. Life is busy and full of distractions, and it's easy to get off track. We're grateful for this time that helps us stay on track, that helps us get back on track. Father, we just pray that uh, everything we say and do here will be in accordance with your will and your word. And Father, that our worship today is pleasing to you. I pray that we keep our minds and our hearts engaged through this time and that we praise you and lift you to the highest place, the place that you deserve every single second of our lives as Lord of our life. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Christians all over the world this morning are remembering Jesus like we are in his sacrifice and let us sing as we remember that sacrifice. We'll sing the oath, the depth and the riches, 375. <laughs>
There's a story told of a woman who felt her cross was too heavy to bear. And her life was troubled. One night she had a dream where an angel took her around and allowed her to select other crosses. She came across the cross that was bright and glittery and full of jewels and she picked it up to carry it and in a few steps realized it was extremely heavy. She laid it down for a cross of gold and started to carry the cross of gold. And it too was very burdensome and heavy. The next cross was one surrounded with flowers. And she picked that up, but the thorns on the flowers were digging into her neck and her back. So she laid that cross down. Then she picked up a small cross that had a little gold heart. It was her cross. She picked it back up. She realized that it was not too much to bear. If we look at Matthew chapter 11, the last three verses. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. We are about to partake of emblems that represent the body and blood of our Lord and Savior who bore the heaviest cross of all. A cross that allows us to have hope for salvation. Will you pray with me, please? Father, as we partake of this bread, which represents our Savior's body, we ask you to help us, Father, to remember the sacrifice that was made for us. And, Father, to keep us focused on those things that are best for us and not get caught up with thinking that our cross is too heavy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let us pray, please. Father, as we partake of the cup, which represents the blood shed for our sins, for our salvation, we pray, Father, that you have, help us cast aside the cares of the world, focus on the sacrifice that was made for us, Father, but not just the sacrifice, but the glorious hope of eternal life through our Lord's resurrection. This, Father, we ask in his most holy name. Amen. I think we all realize that, that the, the offering really is a, a separate thing from what we've just commemorated. It's just out of convenience that we do it at this time. But, uh, bow with me, please, in prayer.
Our Father, in your word, you depict your own generosity often as, as rain or dew. We know that the manna from heaven that you gave your people was just, just spread on the ground like dew for anyone and everyone to pick up, to be nourished, to be fed. Lord, help us to learn from your generosity. Help us to, to learn to, to give without necessarily discrimination on who deserves, who doesn't deserve, without discrimination of necessarily knowing where the seed is going to grow, what's going to be watered, what's going to, be, what's going to flourish. Lord, because you know, and you've taught us that the rain falls on the evil and the good. And you also know that, that if you're generous, you're going to get a generous response. Father, help us to, to learn those lessons and think about those things as we, as we give. We give as we're prospered, but we also give willingly and with joy. Your word says that you love a joyful giver. Lord, help us to, to have that joy as we make an offering to you, to you, your work, and recognizing how good and gentle and patient and forgiving you are with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Let us stand as we sing this song before our message, 620.
Education has provided for so many years, actually over three decades, and of course we've lost some precious souls in that time. It's great to be a Christian knowing that uh, they have a good place to go, isn't it? And hopefully we're all headed that uh, place as well. I bring you greetings from the Church of Christ in Lake Butler, who oversees and uh, has for many, many years the prison ministry. I bring you greetings from the Brothers Behind Bars. Uh, they really wanted me to thank you uh, for the support that you provide, because what we do, we wouldn't be able to do without your help. And they're able to take communion today and come to a Church of Christ service and to get taught the truth. And they all wanted to come here and tell you. Uh, somehow that didn't work out. But uh, as we have several guys here that were there and now out, hopefully their time will come as well. But uh, they really wanted to... Uh, for me to share how much they appreciate the support you provide. Uh, the congregation of Lake Butler has been involved in prison ministry since 1955. They really see it as kind of a work in their backyard. Uh, they had a full-time prison evangelist since 1974. Uh, I've been that person since 1982. And the elders are committed to carrying on this work until the Lord comes back. I know that I've been tremendously blessed by this work. I hear almost daily from men that are out and as I said in class, I only work with the men, my wife and the ladies, work with the women in jail and also the, at the women's prison. And uh, I'm 71 now and I plan on continuing to uh, go in the prisons, but the work needs a younger man with some more energy and uh, some more strength. I wanna read uh, a scripture and it's from 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, one through three, New King James, 2 Timothy 2. You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men uh, who you will be able to teach, who, who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. None of us would be here if somewhere along the line somebody hadn't shared the gospel with us. And we're so thankful for that. We are very blessed at Lake Butler to have Christopher Carter as our new full-time evangelist. He's exactly the right man at the right time. Uh, it's kind of an interesting story in itself, which I don't think he'll have time to tell of how that came about. It was God's providence. Uh, Christopher came last summer uh, to work with us, did an internship. It was difficult with COVID going on, but he came back uh, early this year and finished that and is now the full-time evangelist. So he's the man and uh, that God has sent us. We're very thankful for that, and he will continue this work for uh, decades to come. As I said, I'll keep going as long as I'm able. I enjoy it. Christopher has great respect for the man. Uh, the men have a lot of respect and uh, appreciate his teaching. He sticks with the Word of God and uh, really stays strong in that. He's doing an excellent job of teaching the Bible at several different prisons. He has a heart for the ministry. He has the tools for the ministry and a strong passion to continue continue this ministry for decades to come i'm very thankful that the lord the lord sent him to us and i have full confidence in him as do our elders in lake butler and they're going to turn it over to christopher remember you got to stay in the yellow lines thank you brother gary good morning brethren let me start by just giving our brother Gary the acknowledgement and the recognition that he deserves. Here you have a man who not only has made it his life's work to bring troubled souls to Jesus, but 
troubled souls who society wants separation from. When you think of it in that sense, it's nothing short of absolute wow. I am humbled when I consider the service that our brother Gary has done over the past 41 years, which is my entire lifespan. I have only been doing this work for a few months now, and I see a wide range of characters and personalities, some that many of us might find intimidating. And these folks have all kinds of sentences from one year to life in prison. But let me tell you about the one consistency that I find with all of these people. The one constant that I find is the love that they have for our brother Gary. And that's simply because of the love that he shows them and has shown them over the years. Gary has been remarkable. He has helped change lives. And changed lives change lives. He's not only an example to me, but he is an example to all of us. So thank you, Brother Gary, for your dedication, your commitment, for carrying this work as long as you have. I am honored to be selected by Gary and the eldership at Lake Butler to carry this torch into the foreseeable future. I am truly blessed for this cause. And this cause is truly blessed to have you as a partner. Because as Brother Gary said, without you, we could not do what we do at the capacity that we do it. So thank you, brethren. Thank you for being our partner. Thank you for equipping us to change lives. You enable us to be frontline workers of the Great Commission to those in the darker places in Florida. It is also a personal blessing for me to be here with you this morning, to worship with you, to join in the edification with you. Thank you, Brother Matt, for that prayer. We know you love us, and we love you too. Some of you I've had the opportunity to speak with. Most of you I have not. So I'm going to take just a moment to tell you about myself. My name is Christopher Carter. And as I said, I am 41 years old. I have a son who attends the University of Tennessee at Martin, where he is studying meteorology. I myself am an Armed Forces veteran with a little bit over three years in active duty where I served at Fort Polk, Louisiana, Camp Humphrey, South Korea, and Fort Campbell, Kentucky, training soldiers in nuclear, biological, and chemical operations. Are there any military members in here, ex-military members? Okay, for those of you who are in the military, if you can recall in basic training, that one guy who made you take your mask off in the gas chamber and say your social security number, that was me. 
apart from this, I've worked in a few different industries. With the majority of my adult life in the software quality assurance industry, where I sat in a cubicle and I led a team of software quality and assurance analysts in Wichita, Kansas, and Pune, India. The last secular job that I held was as a servant waiting tables. And it was a great experience. It is where I learned that I like to talk with people. It doesn't matter who you are, if you will talk with me, I will talk with you. Coincidentally, it's also the first job that I held after becoming a Christian. And it's where I learned some basic principles about what it means to be a servant. Some other things I can tell you about myself is that I have a Bachelor of Business Administration from Baker University of Baldwin City, Kansas. And I also have a second bachelor degree, a Bachelor of Theology from the Bear Valley Bible Institute in Denver, Colorado. And as you know, my primary purpose these days is striving to be a tool for Christ to shine the light of his message into those in the Florida prison systems. Now all that sounds pretty good, right? To be fair, all I just did was relate to you my personal mountaintops. You see, in life we experience what I call mountains and valleys, highs and lows. We all do. Yet we typically only like to emphasize the mountains and not so much the valleys. But that doesn't mean they're not there because all of us have had accomplishments in one thing or another and all of us have struggled in one thing or another. This means that everyone here has a story. A story that can be used to glorify Christ. You see, we take those experiences that we have and we use those experiences to build relationships with other people. And in that, we can possibly be a bridge to Christ. Because people love it, generally, when they can relate to other people. Relatability is a tool, is a tool that connects people. Whether you can sit around and talk about fishing all day, types of fish, boats, lures, places to fish, whether it's the Florida Gators, perhaps the Atlanta Braves, shopping, cooking, eating, you name it. People love it when you can relate to them. Even your spouse sitting next to you. You had to have something in common, some way to relate in order to get that relationship moving. That is, unless you use the caveman approach and bonked him or her over the head. My point here is that when people can relate, they can connect. Bridges can be built. If you can find common ground with someone, you have an invaluable tool to build relationships and possibly be that bridge to Christ. Because we all need a bridge to Christ. Because without Christ, 
our sin separates us from God, and there is no salvation separate from God. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 says that the gospel of Christ is God's power unto salvation. And 1 Timothy 2, 4 says that God desires that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That means that all souls need the gospel because sin affects every soul. And all of us can relate to that. So what is crime? Crime is sin. Those who have committed crimes who were separated from us, they need the gospel too. These are souls who are important to God and they should be important to us too. These souls need more bridges to Christ. Some of you may have experienced yourself or perhaps you know of someone or have a loved one who fell prey to Satan who is now locked away from society. These people are connected to us in some way, shape, or form. They impact everyone, from the little girl who is missing her daddy, to the community whom the, who the prisoner transitions back into, to God himself who cherishes the soul. Think about that. These are not just people we know of. They're not just friends and family. But they're actually souls who the Father cherishes and desires to be saved. Brethren, all of us have a part to play in his kingdom because not only do we want fellowship with the Father and the Son, but we also want others to have that same fellowship. Now, even though I just related to you some of those nice accomplishments of my life, let me tell you how I can relate to some of the people in prison and their families. You see, I too once lived inside those walls I committed crimes and have multiple felony convictions across multiple states at the federal and state level. I too hurt myself. I hurt innocent bystanders. I hurt my family. To this day, I still have family members who want nothing to do with me because of my past destructive behavior. One of the heaviest and briefest conversations that I've ever had was when a young lady came up to me and she said, are you Chris Carter? And I said, yeah, that's me. And she said, I just want you to know that you destroyed my family. When she said this to me, the weight of sin fell so great on me that I could have left an indention on the ground that I stood. You see, at one point in time, I was involved in narcotic smuggling from Mexico that involved some of our nation's top cities. The lives damaged through my contribution is an unbearable thing to think about. Families destroyed, lives lost, all connected to these hands and to my work in Satan's service. In all fairness, I should be dead, diseased, locked away. That is an undeniable truth. These are just a glimpse into my valleys. I have committed a lifetime of wrong. 
I know addiction to drugs. I know addiction to power. I know addiction to lust. I know what it's like to beg for a means, and I know what it's like for people begging me for a means. I know what it's like to walk in total darkness, to be consumed with it. But I also know there is a choice. As long as blood is flowing in the body and air is filling the lungs, there is a choice. Brother, I admit to you that I am a sinful man. Why God decided to spare me, it must be for his purpose. I use relatability as a bridge to build relationships with prisoners. In some regard, I have an instant credibility with them because they can relate to the life that I lived. I let them know that I care about them. I help them know that there is another way. I use my life as an example. When the world says you can't, yes, you can. I use relatability as a bridge to these things so as to build a bridge to Christ. I tell prisoners that I fully accept the responsibility of the evil that has been done by my hands. But I also tell them this, that through Jesus, I have forgiveness. Through Jesus, I am blameless. Through Jesus, I am justified. Through Jesus, I am sanctified. Through Jesus, I have hope. And brethren, I tell you that through Jesus, I bring those in these dark places to him. These things that entangle these men, they can be beat. They can be beat. Because changed lives change lives. If you have your Bibles with you today, go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 5. We're going to look at Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. And as you're turning here, let me just say this. I'm in no way making this passage to be all-inclusive of some observations we are about to make. With any good Bible study, we have to consider the audience, the author, the setting, phrases that repeat, keywords, and, and things of the like. But if you're there in Luke chapter 5, let's read the first three verses. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by Lake Gennesaret. And he saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. So let's pause here for just a moment and make some general observations just by looking at the text. The multitude pressed about Jesus. The multitude wanted to hear the word of God. They were at Lake Gennesaret. There were two boats. One belonged to Simon, a.k.a. Peter. 
Jesus separated himself from the crowd by getting into Peter's boat. And Jesus taught from Peter's boat. Now these are just some general quick observations that we can make just by looking at the text. But I want you to think about the setting. Think about Peter. And think about Peter's life. What was Peter's life? Peter was a fisherman. At the center of the fisherman's life is a boat. If there is no boat, then there is no nets to let down for a catch. So the boat had to be at the core of everything Peter did each day. It was his livelihood, essentially his world. It is what Peter knew. Jesus got into that boat of Peter's and taught the multitude from it. Think about this. Jesus stepped into Peter's world and taught others the word of God. Let's continue reading. Verse 4. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. As we just said, it's, it's safe to say that Peter was experienced in the world of fishing. And we see here that he makes claim that he has been doing this all night, doing the things that he is known to do, the way that he is known to do them. And he has produced what? Nothing. You know, this is one of the very thoughts that I had the last time I was incarcerated. As I was sitting on my bed, I was thinking to myself, you know, I have done things all my life, my way, and what have I produced? What have I made my life? Nothing. And I dare to say that that's what some of the other prisoners in prison now are sitting there on their rack thinking. Perhaps some of you might think the same thing. What have I made my life? Others in the world. But you see, Peter here makes a choice. He makes a choice to go against what he has known, to go against his judgment of this particular situation, his judgment that he most likely arrived at, taking in all of his life experience. Peter made the choice to simply listen and obey Jesus. Let's continue reading there in verse 6. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. So a few more observations. Peter recognized that he was a sinful man. Many folks who are suffering in prisons now also have this full recognition. 
But Peter physically saw the weight of fruit produced, or in this case, the weight of fish, that comes from obeying Jesus. Peter was astonished at the results from obeying Jesus. Not only did Peter decide to obey Jesus, but his choice directly influenced others. The text says that they brought their boats to the land and forsook all to follow Jesus. They left the world they had known most likely all their life to follow Jesus. And Jesus told Peter that he would now be a fisher of men. Peter's life was changed. And changed lives change lives. What do I get from this passage, from this story? Jesus got the attention of Peter in the world that Peter knew by stepping into it, by using that world as a bridge to relate to Peter in a practical way so Peter could see the benefit from listening and obeying Jesus. And that led to Peter forgetting everything that he knew and fully following Jesus. Peter's life was changed. And now through Christ, Peter would change lives. Because changed lives change lives. And brethren, that is the exact same opportunity that we have to do to get into the world of those who are locked away and at some level relate, to use that bridge to bridge them to Jesus. We have an opportunity to change lives. All of us have a part to play in his kingdom and all of us have a different part. The question is not can we, but will we? We have an opportunity to be a bridge to those souls locked away in dark places. We have an opportunity to approach them in the world that they know, to relate in that world, and to illustrate a better way. We can change lives and bring souls to Christ because changed lives will change lives. So, brethren, we need your help and continued partnership. We need your help with prayer. Please continue to pray for us. We need your help in this work with volunteering. As Brother Gary mentioned, there is much work to do and there are not enough of us to do it. We can use help teaching in prisons. We can, help, we can use help in financial support. All of us have part to play because all souls are important to God. The light will expose the dark, and this includes those in the dark of Florida's prison population, those whose society as a whole wants nothing to do with, those who in some sense can be compared to lepers in the day of Jesus. We thank you for this partnership that enables us to go into these prisons, in these dark places, and change lives. We fervently ask you to please continue to pray for us that we are 
successful in this. Everyone here may not have been in physical prison. In fact, I dare to say most people in here have not been in physical prison. But everyone in here has been in spiritual prison at one time or another. But if there's anyone here today who would like to be released from that spiritual prison, if there's anybody here today who wants to make that choice to simply do what Peter did, to forget what you know, to listen and fully follow Jesus and obey. If there's anyone here who has any special prayer requests or anything that the eldership here can do for you, won't you come as together we stand and as we sing. Thank you for joining us this morning, whether it's here on the orange carpet or, or on your own. I never get it right. On your own orange carpet at home. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, it, it's great to hear from the, the Florida Prison Ministry. Uh, we're, we're thankful when they're here. The stories are uh, life changing. I, I like I like Christopher's line: "Change lives, change lives." And uh, we all know that those we've been brought to Christ by someone whose life was changed. Um, some people it was natural because mom and dad went to church and they became Christians through that but you know what made mom and dad become Christians uh, I didn't I came to it later in life so I appreciate that very much I also appreciate another line he used in there that we're partners in this ministry we've been partners in this ministry for 30 uh, for 30 decades Wow uh, for, for three decades uh, that's a that's, what's that it's a free Gary I'm sure it feels like three decades that's that's a long that's a long time so uh, we're thankful for that. We're thankful that Gary came and talked in, uh, in the Bible class this morning, or in the auditorium, and Ray, right? Yes, Ray and Robert, 
both spoke a little bit this morning. Uh, Robert brought his family. He's Robert's from Titusville originally, so dad lives here still, right? So, so we're thankful to have his family here with us. And again, like I said, thankful for Christopher. And we ask for his blessings on Christopher as the work continues. Um, I know uh, I know people that won't listen to anyone who hasn't walked in their shoes. And uh, I have a few friends in the addiction community, and that's the people who makes the biggest differences, the ones who understand. And uh, that'll be that'll be a great ministry and a great effort for many years. We ask for many blessings on him. A um, couple other notes: grab yourself a bulletin. We have those in the foyer out there, also available online or in the mail or who knows, they're everywhere. A um, couple notes that didn't quite make it. Katrina Noble's father, uh, Marty Durham, Marty has uh, COVID-19. Uh, he's probably exposed her mom too, so she asked for prayers on our behalf. Uh, as mentioned in Matt's prayer and Steve's announcement earlier, Lex Jr., who we know has, uh, has cancer and has been in hospice, he took a turn for the worse. And uh, Lex and Edith are with him this morning. Uh, their text to me this morning was they request prayers that uh, God take him home soon. Those of us who have watched someone suffer at the end of life, it's, uh, it's, it's terrible. That's all I can say. It's terrible. Um, so please honor their prayers. It's, uh, that's not something most of us pray for, but it's, uh, that's what they've asked for. Uh, and another announcement is uh, I know Karen White's sister is getting married here Saturday. That is not an invitation to the wedding. It's just let you know in case you come down here for one reason or another. You know, I mean, it's always good to have some cake or something, but... Um, Whatever, if you've got something that you do down here normally or something, that's just kind of a heads up that uh, that'll be going on. It's also a heads up if you happen to drive down Park Avenue, you see 40 cars out front or something, and you say, did I miss church? No, you know, we still worship on Sundays. So just a heads up. So that's all that is. Um, this evening at 5 o'clock, we will have worship again this evening. Matt will be speaking, and uh, it's mask required. Um, we have several people. That's their preference still, is, is, and we do that for them especially. Um, that's the best thing for them. We usually have about 30 people, so there's plenty of space. Bring your mask if you're, if you're interested in coming. Uh, that's also live broadcast, too, so you can pick that up on Facebook or uh, YouTube. They're archived, so they're there. This morning's things are archived, so if you have somebody who missed this morning that would like to see that, it's archived on our channels, too. Um, and then Wednesday night, Wednesday night night, we have a Bible class here. Matt teaches the junior, senior high class in the back. And in here, Mike will lead, he's leading a series called Be Strong and Courageous. And to this week, he will be talking about Esther. Um, we have a live interaction. We also monitor a chat room. So if you're not able to come out and be with us, we can still take comments. And we uh, try to work those in and be as interactive as possible. So anyways. Uh, be safe, be faithful, um, thankful for you, and we wish you all the best. Let's stand as we sing our final song. <clears throat> Sorry, I wasn't ready. There's a land
that we have every morning here on Sundays from 9 to 10. And I thought that there was something in here so important that I had to share it with you. And Paul teaches this class. And there's something to think about. There's always someone more mighty. If I have no power, no one can steal it. Nobody can control anyone else. Words to live by. Almighty Holy Father, sanctify and govern our hearts. Make us kind and affectionate towards old men. Slow to anger, but ready to forgive. As we hope to be forgiven by thee. In your son's name, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. 